Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Christoph Defoe. I'm Liz Wilson. What can human menstrual cycles teach us about allyship? Today we're going to discuss this perhaps controversial idea, so stick around and find out. But first, I want to remind you that if you like our show, to make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays at noon Eastern on all the major podcast channels. Also, be sure to check out our sponsor, Cannibal & Co., located in downtown Jersey City and at shopcannibal.com. We're grateful to Cannibal for sponsoring our show. It really can wear on you. Yeah. Um, on top of all the rest of the things that we all have to deal with, um, deal with in, in life, you know? Yeah. Um, but you were saying something about patriarchy and your back. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see what you uh, what you're thinking there. Well, basically, because I have been running more consistently lately and l- longer distances than I'm used to. Um, this happened actually any time I've like trained for any period of time. But this is the first time I actually kind of like looked into what was going on. And I was read- doing a lot of reading and... Uh, just about the, I'm gonna mess up the words, but you know, just like the physiology, like the the different systems that are are contributing and how your ribs have joints, which I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but, I didn't know that either. Yeah, no, but they were talking about, well, like, so basically like if you don't have good posture and then you're running, it's just increasing that impact, right? So it's exaggerating the effect that it's having on your body. So it's something that I wouldn't necessarily notice acutely if I'm just, living my life which i haven't but it does i think it still impacts you you just you're not in pain right so like Mm -hmm. anyway um but they were talking about how it's really common in um in women because we learn or we instinctively hunch when we first start developing when we're teenagers it's like you know being the article said out of modesty but i would say that it's more like and I'm very aware of this in myself and it's, I'm all over the place. So I got this brace that pulls my shoulders back. Mm-hmm. And when I first put it on, I was like, oh fuck, this is how like my body was supposed to be. Like this is the, this is the way it wants to be. Everything feels better. I can feel how much less my uh, certain muscles are working and how some muscles like that clearly haven't worked are starting to work. Um. And in the beginning, the first couple of days, I was like, oh my God, I just feel like so exposed right now because my chest is just like open and out. And it made me realize how much, even when I thought I was standing straight, I was hunching over. I was trying to minimize my sexuality. And I remember distinctly when I was a teenager, like going through puberty, I just didn't want the attention that came with having boobs. It just felt really uncomfortable. It felt scary. And so I definitely developed this way of holding myself that was going to minimize that. And uh, yeah, so I was thinking a lot about that, about like, I don't think women hunch because of modesty. I think they hunch because it's self-protection. It's you're trying to reduce the amount, (laughs) the number of men who are hitting on you or catcalling you or being gross and pervy and seeing you as something other than a human being. So yeah, it's got me pissed. So now I'm just walking around with my tits out all the time and I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it. And I, and I, and I, 
I, I see you, what your your point is, and and you know, um, I think that uh, as you're talking, I have a, it reminds me similarly of you know, there's a couple. I spent a whole lot of my life also hunting, and yeah. and and I thought about that a lot. I've thought about that a lot, and so much so that I, you know, like it, like most people have had back have back pain. And as you get older, it gets worse. But and especially if you're sitting at a desk all day, right? And and then and you're hunching at that desk all day, right? Then it ends up being a real problem. So I, I end up having um, some uh, some some surgery, and and ultimately I, I do have a slip disc, um, a herniated disc in my lower back. And so I got uh, shots of cortisone in there and, and it helped and I went to PT. But one of the things that I learned when I was in PT was exactly what you're saying was the extent to which I was slouching and, and was not aware of it. And, um, and so, uh, and one of the biggest challenges I found, and I've gotten way better with it um, over, but it's been literally taking years of conscious effort. Right. Um, and I did have a back thing like, like you, like you had as well. And, I think the biggest challenge I found is that it's it's usually a um, a sense of a lack of awareness that makes me slouch. Right when mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it, I I don't do it. But when I but as soon as my mind starts to wander and I kind of and it goes away. So I found in a weird way that meditation and mm-hmm. mindfulness has been a huge part of that. Right because it's like I'm just more aware of what I'm doing all the time right. and how I'm feeling all the time. That's point one. Point two. That's the solution. The problem, I would say, though, was I used to walk around with my head down all the time, you know, and uh, and uh, and slouching. So it's not just slouching. I and this is to get to your point. It's not just slouching the way that we all slouch. And corporate America does this to us in general. I think there's more to it. I think that you know, I felt I spent my whole first quarter of my life, half of my life, feeling like badly about myself, right and and uh, and and like to your point not wanting to stick out like specifically wanting to just f- flow to get below the everyone's radar mm-hmm. and be like not like not be that black kid right that one oh yeah that remember that black kid right that that is around us sometimes for whatever reason right and so um and and uh you know I, and i also found recently that i as i walked toward people this years ago i realized this and i've stopped doing it and it takes active effort is to not as i'm walking some by somebody in the street to not look at them to see whether or not they're looking at me and whether or not they're judging me right it's like this constant worry about what how i'm being perceived yes um, and whether or not i'm being accepted or what that person is thinking of me do they think of x do they think are they thinking and so are they thinking x y and z of me or am i and most of the time of course people don't give a shit about what you're doing or not doing, but um, you know this. These are some of these. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, just problems. Uh, parad- not that's not paradox. It's um, it doesn't matter. The point. The point is that it's like these sort of uh, pathologies. That's what I was looking for. Pathologies that one develops in response to these systems that were just not built for. For for people like you and me, they 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 just weren't built for us. They were built for other people that we have to somehow try and fit ourselves into. Um, and uh, and I mean, it, 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 literally, our physical body t- takes the toll. It's so which- interesting, and I feel like that circles all the way back to like one of the first conversations we ever had on here about like the physical, um, the the physiological response we have to the trauma of living in these systems, right? Like 
So I thought I think it's so interesting that you're you're scanning to see people's responses to you. That's a safety thing. Like you on whatever whether you're aware of it or not, like you're looking to see if you are if that is a safe person or if they're going to perceive you as a safe person which would then put you in danger if they don't perceive you as a safe person, right? So you That's have to right. act extra safe if they, if they look nervous. Um, and for women that they have to shrink and disappear so as to, you know, not be groped or... <laughs> um, but I also, it made me think of what you said earlier about the self-awareness, like your meditation making you aware of your own body. Because if you think about it, what we've learned to do in these systems is to be hyper aware of everyone else and our surroundings and completely ignore our own physical experience. That's not important, right? Because we're prioritizing our safety from the external threat. Yeah, I think that's right. So it's such an act of rebellion, really, to just be walking down the street completely focused on like, how do I feel in this moment? How's my posture? How's my comfort level? You know, you're so right. You're so right. And, and right. You're so right. And I can imagine that being, uh, you know, cranked up on steroids for 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 women. Right. Because, uh, right. Uh, I am much less likely to get to have to to have a racial slur hurled at me than a woman is to be catcalled, which those levels, I mean, those levels are like outrageously right. Uh, sort of not the same. So um, the 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 the. the the concern and not to mention right the not to mention just being catcalled but but the violence like actual violence right mm -hmm. actual physical attack right is a, is always a very real possibility i find, i remember how much of an eye opener that was for me um at a shamefully late period of my life um i would say probably 10 12 years ago it took before i had somebody like where it became very clear to me like holy shit like yeah. women walk around thinking worrying about being assaulted right like that's a very real thing like that that's a very real thing and and i mean now it's obvious to me now but it wasn't before and 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 growing up in a system a patriarchal system where again uh, men's men's experience is prioritized and women's experience simply is not and and that's really actually f interesting because it's exactly the gist of what we're going to be talking about today. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking this is going to this is going to flow really nicely right into the exa right, exactly right what we're going to talk about. I mean, you know, uh, I, I want to just frame uh, the main conversation here today by recounting a personal experience I had on the internet. Um, I was perusing Instagram as I am want to do, and I noticed an ad because the ads are everywhere for a product which claimed to alleviate menstrual cramps. And uh, the remarkable thing wasn't that the product exists, to me anyway. The, the remarkable thing, there's a product for every fucking thing, whether it works or not is a different question, but there's always a product for it, right? This is capitalism, not capitalism. And <laughs> so like, the remarkable thing to me was that the comments were packed with men who had done the same thing that I was about to do, which was they had tagged their partners in the comments. And mm -hmm. these men had seen the ad and they had wondered whether the product might help their partners with their monthly menstrual challenges. So um, first of all, Liz, what is your response to that? Is this progress? It's, that's, a, that's interesting. It's an interesting question. And the first thing that comes to mind is I, you know, I think about the algorithm and I wonder if the fact, because honestly, I'm most, I'm more surprised 
that an ad for menstrual pain came up in your feed. That's a great point. So I think, <laughs> so I think perhaps there's a chance that the ad is being targeted to men who have shown that they think about these things, right? So to that end, I would say like, but, but that doesn't, it doesn't negate the point that there are men, there are a sizable number of men who got that ad or saw that ad somehow. So it, it came to them and then they shared it with their partners. So, so yes, I do. I do think that that's progress. I mean, if you think about even in our lifetimes, when I was the age when my peers, and I was a little bit later than them, but you know, like sixth grade, when my friends first started getting their periods, all the way through my early time out in the working world, you hide when you have a period. Like mm. if you need to go to the bathroom to change your tampon, you hide it in your sleeve, you know, and um, it's like we have to protect the men from from the reality of our lives. And then big shock, they have no fucking concept what's going on because it's been intentionally hidden from them. Um, so I think just within my lifetime, I feel like there's been a lot of movement in the right direction. I, I mean, I'd like to think my generation is part of that because I, for one, have been somebody who, if I am in an intimate relationship or a close friendship, like I kind of almost make a point of being like, I'm going to tell you, like, I have two sons. They know what a period is. They understand when I have my period, what's happening and why it's happening. Uh, in fact, I <laughs> see, I almost just said this might be TMI, but fuck it. It's not TMI. No, it's not. Um, I had my That's period. That's why we're here. That's right. <laughs> Show, maybe it could be called TMI tokens. Um, <laughs> I like it. So <laughs> I had my period a few months ago and whatever. I went to the bathroom, changed my pad, forgot to put the other one in the trash. It was just like laying open on the floor. So then my 11 year old is in the bathroom a few minutes later and he calls me, mom. <laughs> so I go, what? I think you left your period stuff out. <laughs> so like, but I That's went in awesome. there and my immediate response was like, oh my God. I was, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe he saw that. <gasps> How traumatic for him. And I like run up there to grab it. And he's so nonchalant, just like mm. reading his book. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's so gross. He's like, whatever. <laughs> Not, and this is what we need, right? Like from their childhood, men sh and boys should understand that this is just a basic fact of life. It's like, if you can see boogers and shit and yep. vomit, like you should be able to see a little menstrual blood without, you know, needing to go to a safe space. <laughs> that is, I, I boy, that is exactly, exactly Right. I totally agree with all of that. And I think, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in a minute, but the analogy is to, uh, to the black experience in terms of are being around white people mm -hmm. is, is, I think there's a real analogy there because, um, you know, I guess let me, let me back up. So, you know, the experience on the internet really got me to thinking to your point, whether or not men have progressed. And, you know, I, I personally try to be as thoughtful as I can in terms of the women in my life dealing with their menstrual cycles. And frankly, I feel sort of like, I don't know, like 
good when women feel comfortable talking to me about that because I'm like, that means I'm not a guy who they see as a threat or as, or I'm just, you know, because I know that's the way our society is structured. It's, there's no good reason for it, but the, the way our society is structured, like that is probably that for a lot of women, not going to be an easiest thing to talk about with yeah. a guy. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. again, to your point, women have been socialized. We have all been socialized. Like we literally had menstrual huts, right? Like literally mm -hmm. let's put the women in a different place while they're going through a perfectly normal, which like, right. A part that a, <laughs> a part of human life which is fundamental to human life itself right like we don't have human life without this but no no let's put it and so i feel proud frankly um where where when i'm like oh wow that's like great i'm glad that 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 makes me feel warm inside frankly uh, and, and i really do think it's incumbent upon um every thoughtful progressive person uh without a uterus to be as inclusive as possible right to be sympathetic to the extent that their partner or someone they know or is going through menstrual cramps or especially cramps or especially PMS um and you know I've recently learned that for some women menstrual cramps cramps can be as painful as 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 having as as birth right it is unbelievable how bad it can get and again these are things that we just as men don't hear about and don't learn about and it's very relatively recently I have learned this um but but I do think there's more to it I think that the way, um, hopefully, progressive men um, uh, anticipate and are thoughtful about their partner's biology in this way or try to be, I think it's a, it can be a really useful blueprint um, re regarding the ways in which white people can be thoughtful and supportive of non-white people. One of the things that, that jumped out at me when you said that was that, you know, um, that you go out of your way sometimes, or not necessarily go out of your way, but you are very open about this is what I'm going through and you're going to know about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way when I'm around white people that are my friends. It's like, no, 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 I'm not going to pretend that the blackness of me doesn't exist to make sure that you feel comfortable. I'm going to actually go out of my way to be like, oh, here's something in my black experience. Let's fucking talk about it because that it, it right it, it and i think that is something that's difficult for some people to wrap their mind around why do you have to do that why do you have to make a big deal out of it it's like precisely because you don't want me mm. to make a big deal out of it i am forced to mm -hmm. to uh, sort of assert my identity in this way um what do you think about anything that i just said any comments <laughs> yeah no i think it's interesting because when you're talking about um sort of asserting you know what you're talking about your experience and making a point of that and people being uncomfortable, my response, and I'm not saying this to be like, I'm so great, but like, I want the black people in my life to do that more because mm. as a white person, I'm, I find myself being unsure how to approach things. So like, you know, when another, when another black motorist is murdered, I want to say to my friends, like, how are you doing? I mean, I want to talk to them about it, but I never know. I don't know how, how, how they are best served. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not mm -hmm. sure. I don't want to like bring up trauma if, but then I guess I can flip it and say like, you're not going to introduce me to the trauma of femicide. Like, I, I know about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So right. I can look at it from the other perspective and be like, yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, shit, I wasn't thinking about how I'm oppressed. But now you reminded me. <laughs> 
But I just think it's interesting because I think there are two probably kinds of people. There are the people who want to just continue to like have their head in the sand and not think about those types of things. They don't want to think about women's experiences. They don't want to think about uh, people of color's experiences because it's upsetting and it's hard and it means maybe they have to change or maybe the system they live in has problems. (laughs) And then I think there are the people who are like us and are kind of hungry for more information. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. And I think what makes it difficult, right, is that when you're on the other side of that, you don't know, frequently you don't know who you're talking to, right? I mean, mm. if I'm talking to you, I do know who I'm talking to, right? Mm-hmm. I know that you're a person who want, who is going to be at a minimum sympathetic to what I have to say sec- or, or, at, or, at, or is actively interested in hearing what I have to say, right? Um, and, uh, right, folks that I consider to be like real allies, right? People who um, who aren't just in name say like, oh yeah, I'm a progressive and I vote for Democrats and, um, and I give money, I give money at the end of the year and, um, but literally do nothing else. Right. Um, that's one kind of ally, I guess. Um, but, uh, right. And, but I think that another sort of ally is a person who is actively trying to change themselves, Mm. right, to be better in this system, who looks at the system and says, there's a system here that's fucked up, not that the person who doesn't put their head down and say, oh, well, I got to make money like everybody else, right? Um, Even though we do all have to make money like everybody else, and we all have to participate in the system, as I say all the time. Like, this is not, I'm not out here saying that, like, we should all, you know, go off the grid and uh or become like violent revolutionaries i'm not at all saying that i'm saying but the but there is a difference between like to your point folks who want to put their head down not talk about it and say what what are you talking about like i work with black people i like black people i got no problem with black people i got gay friends i've got gay friends right why and 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 they mean that right that right it's not even like the conservative who says, oh, I have a black, I have a black, uh, black nephew. So therefore I can't possibly be racist and then says racist stuff. What Mm -hmm. I'm talking about is the progressive who says, I have black friends. I am, I have, I am, I connect with women and with gay people. Why do I also have to get uncomfortable? And to them, I say, you're not doing it unless you are getting uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so, um, to, to, to your point, right? Like, I think you know, and I guess my spiel is that I really think that, right, women's experience is a story that's just not told, right? And um, uh, with the menstrual cycles, right, women have been forced, as we said, to be silent. And likewise, you know, the black experience is an experience that's just not been told, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's just like the story of white existence is told in Hollywood, it's told on the news, it's told everywhere. And the only experience that we hear about black people are Lincoln freed the slaves, which by the way, decenters the people who did the work, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. right, this time in the past, and thank God the white people saved those poor black people, and now we're here and everything's fine, right? That's the one story we're told when we're growing up. And the other story we're told is that black people are all criminals, because that's what that's what the TV shows us, right? Or black people are either victims or they're criminals. Those are the two things. That's the story we hear about black people, right? Um, and uh, And the real story of black experience is not told. And I think the exact same thing is true with women. And I think, again, the solution I think are, 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 are analogous as well, right? I talk about my experience um, with 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 my with one of my one of my dear friends, Lauren Jones Rabbit, and you know she's 
like super aware of the black experience, right? Like she's better read on the black experience, individual black thinkers. A lot of the stuff that I put on Instagram, I got from her. Like she is absolutely a powerhouse in mm -hmm. this stuff, right? And, um, and you know, to, to your point, you know, she does reach out to me um, when police kill another black, unarmed black person, right? Right. And, and I think that is important I understand the apprehension a white person would have in doing that, but I don't think because of the way our society is set up, the desire to not, which is segregated, the desire that the desire to not make things worse. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I really do think that if, if, and I'm flip it around, right? With women, if I, or, or one of my friends, Nilu, with the, she's Iranian, and so it's like this was all going on during the Iranian crisis, right? And it's still going on, but it was really hyped. And so, like you know, reaching out to the person, just saying, you know, I'm with you if you need anything. Yeah. Like I think that like it doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be a lot. It's just the idea that someone somewhere is thinking about you. You know, someone somewhere, even though they don't experience exactly what you're going through because they can't you know um they are they are with you and i think the i think the real reason frankly that people don't do it is because it's not really about that person that they need to talk to it's really about them and they feel uncomfortable talking about it right like that's really what it is i yeah. think frankly mm -hmm. it's like i'm afraid that you might get mad at me which is not the same thing as i might offend you right because to your point like i like if i'm talking to a woman especially a woman like you who understands feminism, who is on, who is, who is like a feminist, like, I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know, like, right, <laughs> you, you are living this shit, right? Um, but I do think that it's important that we reach that, reach out and like, you know, we all, it's, it's really, really hard, but I do think that, and the reason why I, I wanted to do this show and this conversation was because I think that we can use those of us who are progressives and men um, white guys that are out there, black people who are out there, like who, who are supportive of their partners when they're going through these, going through the monthly experience of being of being of menstrual cramps and PMS and all the challenges that come along with that. If we can do that, then we can we can apply those same skills to the people, non-black people non-white people in our lives and or to the gay people in our lives to the trans people in our lives because we know what it is yeah to be predictively supportive right we know what that is we know what that is so like we can use those same skills and that's why i think there and, and i think when people are like white people are like what can i do i'm like here you go that's my my rant on that i'm interested in hear what you have to say about the 20 minutes i was just talking yeah, no, I love everything you said, and I and I will take it to heart because you're completely right that the hesitation to reach out stems from fear of either looking stupid, making someone mad, you know, and it goes back to this thing that I was talking about on another show about the uh, this desire to be perfect all the time, to mm. always do the right thing, say the right thing, be perceived in a certain way, and guess what? We gotta like get over that we're messy sloppy fucking human beings and the best we can do is try our best so i think you're not going to go wrong with that and i think about like when roe got overturned you reached out to me and it was like you were saying it was like a text just to say hey i can't believe this this sucks i'm thinking about you let me know if you need anything and that's all 
it meant so much just to know that you were like in my corner, even though I knew you were. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And that's important, right? Because it's not that I don't know that some of these folks are in my corner. There are some <laughs> folks where I'm not, it's not clear. But, you know, but it's not like I don't know that. Right. But it's not the same thing. It's like, it's like I write, I, my wife, I, I, my, I also know my wife loves me, but it's important that she tells me I love, she mm -hmm. loves me, right? Like mm -hmm. they write, that's just how that works. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you say it one time and you're good for That's the right. next time. Right, you're good forever, right? <laughs> I said my vows. What do you mean? God. <laughs> um, no, it's, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, this is hard stuff. And I think the key is, and I think what you, what you just said there is important, is, is I think I went on a rant on Instagram recently about, well, you know, what just what I think social justice means. And I really think social justice is an inside, it, it starts inside because yeah. it's a start, it's a willingness to not be perfect, to, 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 to screw up, right? To maybe even hurt someone's feelings, but in good faith, right? And, and, uh, and I frankly don't think that you're gonna hurt anyone's feelings by reaching out to them to tell them that you, that you heard that you heard a horrible news event that affects them as an, as individuals, and uh, you know what? And I, I just don't think you're going to hurt anyone's feelings that way. And you know, I we all have lives we have to live, and uh, you know, and I think that, and, and you know, I don't think that women and people of color need anyone's fucking pity. That's for fucking sure. But we need their need your solidarity. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, and I think there is a distinction to be made there, um, and. Um, and yeah, I just think it's important. Do you have um, anything else you want to throw in on this topic? Not really. I think you've uh, done a beautiful job. I just think it goes back to what we always talk about, of just listening, just listening to people's experiences, you yeah. know, believing what they say and just show up in the best way that you can. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, you know, I, I think it's about, you know, taking an active step, right? And realizing that, and I, what is social justice, right? Social justice is making these problems your problem, right? It's not someone else's problem out there. No, no, this is my problem too. Right. And what would I want from somebody? Yes. Right? What would I want from somebody if when I'm going through these challenges? So, right. um, yeah. um, I think anyway, um, we'll, 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 we'll you know, we'll keep coming back to this stuff because that's what we do on this show. Um, and, uh, I, and I want everyone out there to remember that if you like our show, to make sure to subscribe, leave a review, check out our Patreon, and tell your friends to listen. New episodes post Mondays on all the major podcast channels. And please connect with us on social media because we love you and we want to talk to you. Until next time, please care for each other. Share your experience, strength, and hope with each other and with the people you love.